Welcome to the Old Chick Snow Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. (laughs) I have a great guest with me today. Her name is Cindy Harvey. And Cindy is a career strategy coach. Cindy and I met through actually some mutual friends and have gotten to know each other a little bit. And I'm fascinated by the work she does, especially for the women in this community and our listeners who are going through a lot of transition in their lives at this time, like a lot of us are. And career seems to be one of the big areas that a lot of people are looking to shift in some in some way. Like it comes up a lot with a lot of my clients and uh, Cindy has a full client <laughs> roster, so obviously it's a hot topic. And the reason why I thought it was really interesting to have Cindy on is because when we've been in a career for a long period of time and we've invested a lot in it, it feels really difficult to try and shift that. Like if we want a new career or we want something different out of our career, it feels a little daunting with everything we've invested to be able to, to shift that. And seeing as this is what Cindy does for a living, <laughs> I thought this could be a really good conversation. So um, welcome, Cindy. Happy to have you with us. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me as well, Jennifer. I'm excited to have this conversation. I think there's so many juicy bits that we'll get into. So um, I will follow your lead, but I'm excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I know. There's, there are lots of juicy bits. So let's start here. Uh, one of the interesting things when I was doing a little bit of research, one of the interesting things that um, I came across on your site was this whole idea and notion of the kind of the exchange principle. Mm. Like the give and take that happens in that needs to happen in in your career in order for you to be satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an interesting topic because what I hear from a lot of women in general is the overgiving part Mm -hmm. and the not getting part. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't actually connected the dots to career satisfaction as far as that goes. So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, that's a really interesting place to kick things off. Um, and just to, to share what the principle is, is that, um, and, and I'll preface that by saying that I spent 15 plus years or so in corporate HR and in corporate recruiting. So I've, I've seen it from that, that seat. And um, coming from that place, the idea that I try to get across to my clients and my community is that the idea of work is, is really, really simple. It's very basic in that it's just an exchange. It's an exchange between you as the employee, the person, and the company. And just like any relationship, there needs to be some give and there needs to be some get on both sides. And I think the piece that, um, that becomes really interesting for us um, when it comes to work and career is that, you know, it, our, our jobs and our careers, they have a very personal effect on us in that it's a place where a lot of times we build social relationships and our esteem and our sense of worth comes from the work that we do and the accolades that we receive. It's the place where we you know, earn income to create and sustain our lives, to 
buy our food every every week to pay our mortgage or our rent or whatever the case may be to send our kids to school etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. and so we come become very personally invested in work right. but what happens is that that becomes makes it very cloudy <laughs> it can make things very cloudy and to take it back to the basic principle is that work as i said is is just a very simple exchange on one hand you need to get really really clear on what you're looking for from that relationship, from that company. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind as well that that will change. It should change. It will evolve over time. And then the company also needs to get things from you. And at any time, either one of those two parties in this exchange feels like they're not getting what they need, dissatisfaction starts to, to brew. And that's when you get people resigning, you know, going to another opportunity or they, they quit and stay, as we say, mm. or the company makes a decision to transition them out or they become a, a performance issue or whatever the case may be. There's some dis- dissatisfaction on both sides. So I think that the key thing to keep in mind is that that's what it is. It is an exchange and you've got to be getting what you need and you've also got to give what the company needs for it to be balanced and for it to feel good on both sides. Right. So when people come to you, uh, when people kind of end up at your doorstep, obviously there's some level of dissatisfaction um, Mm -hmm. or feeling stuck in their career. How, like, where do you start with them in terms of uncovering why they're stuck? Mm. Or so if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, not really loving this job that I've been doing forever, like I could stick it out, but really do I want to? Like, how do you I guess, what's the first step that somebody would take in terms of understanding where the exchange is breaking down for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I love that question. And, and I think there's a couple of interesting bits there. I think first of all is to acknowledge that that's how you feel, <laughs> that, that that's a real feeling. And a lot of times by the time someone gets to, to be working with me, they've had that feeling for years. Like it didn't start right. yesterday. Right. And they've been dragging this feeling and kind of stuffing it away or ignoring it. And then eventually it gets to a point where something has to crack, like something breaks. And so I think the first place to start is just acknowledge, you know what, I'm not digging this anymore. I'm not into it. I don't want to be here. It doesn't fit. I'm not satisfied, whatever the words are. And, and start, start there. And right. I think once you've got that piece acknowledged, the way that, that I um, would manage someone through that kind of situation is more often than not, we get to that, <laughs> we get to that point professionally because, like I said, we've been ignoring the way that we've been feeling for a long time. And when we get to that point, it's often because we just, we lose sight of what we actually want. We know that this Mm. thing isn't it. Yes. (laughs) But if you ask me, okay, so, okay, fine. What do you want? I I really don't know. And they, you know, genuinely don't know, genuinely don't know. And so I think the work to figure that, that path out starts with getting to know you all over Mm. again. That's the magic, you know, that's the magic. And why I really love the work that I do is because I use the, happen to use the work, the lens of work, but it really is about the person helping that person to figure out who she is. And we do that through lots of, you know, work related activities and so on. But once that work piece shifts, a bunch of other places in her life would shift relationships, friendships, et cetera, et cetera, because she starts to show up differently and she starts to see herself differently. 
And I would bet money that if she is overlooking the way that she feels in her work life, she's probably doing that in other areas of her life as well. And there's dissatisfaction yeah. in other areas of life. I personally don't deal with those areas. I deal with the work aspect, but I have seen it time and time again that once you change, everything else has to change because you're different yeah. too, right? Yeah. It's a scientific fact. You change one variable, the rest has yeah. to change. And yeah. that's so interesting because I remember kind of in my corporate career, like sitting in a boardroom and sitting in a meeting going, how did I even get here? Do I want mm. to be here? Do I not want to be here? Like this is, yeah. and, and also this feeling of like, this is what I've invested my whole career to get to this point, mm-hmm. right? And then sitting around a boardroom table with a bunch of other executives going, okay, I worked so hard to get here, but is this it? Is this what I mm. want? Is this what I worked so hard for? And almost feeling like though, again, like I was saying before, had I invested, I had invested so much to get there yeah. that it's like, okay, I really have no choice. Like, like I can't, mm. well, A, I don't even know what I want and B, like, I can't start over now. Like I'm almost right. 50. Like, right, <laughs> what, right. what am I going to do? Like, who's going to take me seriously is a lot of the question that comes up. Yeah. So when you are working with your clients, like how do you counter that? Well, I've invested so much, like I can't change now. Like, do you get, is that a comment that you get from your, your clients? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And the part, part B of that is what you had mentioned a moment ago too, is that I can't start all over from the bottom. Right. right? And there's this one plus one kind of equation in their mind that if I make a change, it's going to mean I have to give up, you know, everything that I've built and start over from ground zero. And so I think one of the the ways to think about that a little differently is I, is I just try to shift their thinking. And what I have found is that, sure, we're feeling like, you know, maybe we're not really good at this anymore, or it's not really what we want to do. But more often than not, Jennifer, what I have found is that it's, it's not that we're necessarily in the wrong profession. It's that the, the fit is not there anymore. Mm. And I look at fit from a bunch of different angles when I'm working with someone, but it could be it could be fit for the work, like that for sure. It could be the issue. But I would say more often than not, it's fit for the company. <laughs> In a lot of cases, it's fit with that particular boss maybe that you're reporting to. And at one point in time, the fit was great. You know, when you accepted the job and you're excited course, about yeah. it and everything was, you know, milk and honey. But over time you change, you evolve, you grow, you want different things, you're in a different place in your life maybe, the environment, the company changes, people come, people go, priorities change. And and over time, in my opinion, it it really should not stay the same. Like at some point in time, you should have that feeling that you want to move on. Um, So I think it's a very natural evolution. and, And I would encourage someone to not necessarily assume that they're not in the right profession, but to really start to take a look at that fit piece and, um, and do some assessment there. Uh, you just brought up a really important point, which I'm glad you did. And that mm-hmm. is around like our careers are meant to evolve yeah. just as we are meant to evolve. And so, but we have this notion that, well, first of all, I'm the same person from the beginning to the end of my life and nothing right. should change. <laughs> right. And therefore, my, nor should my career or anything else around me. Like we, right. we as humans, I guess, are super resistant to change. Yeah. And I think what you just mentioned about shifting your perspective, like I have this conversation with my clients all the time, yeah. but shifting your perspective on what's happening, not that you're losing anything or that you're failing or that, you know, something's wrong. It's like you're just being asked to shift Right. And to refocus on something maybe that you haven't given enough attention to or whatever it might be. But Mm -hmm. if you're just paying attention to 
the clues rather than looking at them as failure and, oh my God, entering the unknown, just like, Mm -hmm. hmm, I'm being asked to shift. How can I shift in that direction? Mm -hmm. Um, Such, actually, that's such a great perspective, again, which I hadn't necessarily connected to career, but I think everybody goes through that at some point Mm -hmm. in their career. And I know you talk a bit about helping women find careers that are aligned to who they are. Yeah. Right. And you mentioned earlier, like, you have to find out who you are before you can find the career that's aligned with who you are. So such an interesting concept. And if, yeah, if we didn't resist so much, mm-hmm. maybe it would be a whole lot, maybe we would be a whole lot easier on ourselves yeah. um, if we weren't so resistant to change. Yeah. So can you like give some examples of the type of women that you work with and kind of like, what are the shifts that you've seen? So if I was to give somebody, wanted to give somebody who's, feeling uncomfortable in their career, some inspiration about what's possible. Can mm. you give us a sense of some of the things that you uh, that have worked with people on? Of yeah, course, without sure. names. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm happy to. So, um, so thinking about, you know, who I typically work with is the, who's interesting to me is high performers, high potentials. You know, so those are the, thinking back to my HR days, those are probably the, the top, you know, 15, 20% of the organization. Um, And I love working with those types of women because they're the ones that can really inspire change. Like once they get this thing figured out and they also get, how do I say, they also like top up their personal sense of value and worth and contribution and the impact that they've made. Once those two things come together, like they are powerful, (laughs) powerful. Right. And, um, and so that's the type of person that I, I love working with. And typically, um, she's someone who has been successful in her career. She's been promoted. She makes great money. You know, she has a great title, all of those good things. But like we've uh, talked about, like sh- at, at some point in time, she gets to a plateau where it just is, isn't that exciting anymore. Like she, definitely she wants to make great money and she wants to be paid well, but impact becomes more important, influence becomes more important, and she's not sure how to make that kind of shift. So that's who I typically would work with. And, you know, one client in particular comes to mind where at the point that we started working together, um, she was completely burnt out. Again, very high performer, um, very successful, makes, I, I was going to say shit. Can I say shit? You can <laughs> say, this is the old chick's no shit podcast. You can say shit. <laughs> Shitload of money. Yeah. <laughs> Made a lot Perfectly of money. Fine. <laughs> Perfectly fine. <laughs> she, yeah, she was doing very well for herself, but she was exhausted mm. and she was traveling all the time and she wasn't seeing her friends and her family. She had some health mm. issues were creeping up. She was very unhappy. She was on the edge as well of a performance issue. And all of this just didn't make sense for who she is as a person and who she is as an as a employee. And a lot of the work that, that we did together was, again, it's, it's sometimes it, it sounds really simple, but it's, it's just shifting perspective, shifting perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think one important point that I'd want um, your listeners to, to really hear is that by the time you get to that point in your career, you've been working 15, 20 plus years like you've done some really great things. I would bet money that you've done some really great things, mm-hmm. but they're just not top of mind. We're not great at, you know, celebrating that or selling ourselves or, or just being mindful and aware of the impact that our work has created. And so to me, like that's a really, really sweet place to start 
And it's nothing that's made up. It's all stuff that she had done, but she just was very, you know, unaware of it. So it really starts off with a bit of celebration and, and figuring out impact. Like, what have you done? You've made X amount of dollars for the company. When you think about the course of your career, this was a salesperson in particular, and it's easy to tally up the numbers, but millions of dollars, <laughs> millions of dollars that you sold. And think about how that impacted not only customers and the organization. So I think it's just creating that a really simple list. Mm. You know, you can't think back five years, 10 years, that's okay. Use the last year, use the last six months. And I think it's a really good exercise for us to do on a regular basis. I do it personally on a monthly basis of you know, what idea. went well, what could have gone better. And so starting there, I think the other piece that I would, that I would share that, that I use with my clients, and it could be a really simple exercise for folks as well, is to also get really clear on what are you really, really, really good at doing? Simple question, not always that simple to answer. No, I was just going to say, as you were thinking, I'm like, what am I really good at? Um, I, mean, I, I know what I'm good at, but, um, but it's not an easy question to answer. And like, how do you, okay, so how do you guide people to that, to that answer? Yeah, yeah. So, so if someone's working with me, like I have assessments and I'm just naturally pretty good at picking those nuggets out. Right. Um, so I would do those types of things, but you don't necessarily need a coach to, to take you through that. There's some simple things that you can do. Um, so one is you can ask people. And I think this is a fun exercise too, where um, you would just ask, pick 10, 15 people and ask them to give you three words that they would use to describe you to someone that doesn't know you. Really, really interesting. And you get, I've done it myself. You get all these cool, you know, you're this, you're that. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> it feels good, right? It feels good to get this acknowledgement and recognition from people that, that you trust and that you like, and that obviously like you as well. And then you just look for the commonalities, right? Mm. If, if five people said you're really great at, I don't know, helping them um, come up with a new idea to solve a problem or whatever it is you can assume that that's one of your, your, the things that you do probably pretty naturally that you don't even recognize yourself. And that's the sign of a strength or a talent that is very second nature to you. And so you just want to tally those things up and that can become a very, very simple way of figuring out what you're really good at doing. That, that's one exercise. Mm -hmm. One other quick one that I can share is to do it on your own where you just take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and thinking about your current role or your you know, most recent role, and on one side you write, what do I love? What do I hate? <laughs> That's it. Right. Make your list. And it's super, super simple. We just don't take the time, time to do it. Yeah, that's really interesting because like I think back to my own career and when I actually, so I did a very similar exercise and like when I was in the corporate world and what I discovered was, which I wasn't fully aware of, is I was happiest in my career when I was building things, when I was creating. Mm. And as soon as it got to the level of, okay, this thing is up and running, all of a sudden I would be like, you know, <laughs> in a bit of a valley. And then luckily the next project would come along. Um, but when it got to the point where it was like, okay, we're now in you know, maintenance mode. Mm -hmm. So that was a really huge clue for me. And it was also like something that I had never, ever acknowledged to myself. And I'm mm -hmm. sure like everybody has those things yeah. where you're like, 
So now I go, I'm a builder, I'm a creator. Um, <laughs> and now that I know that, I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm not going to look at things that require, you know, maintenance and processes and procedures. Right. Like, I'm not a detail person, and God bless the detail people because we, <laughs> we need them. <laughs> bless them, we need them. Yeah. I, unfortunately, am not, or no, actually, fortunately, I'm not yeah. one of those. Um, right. But just recognizing your strengths and then trying to find the place where your strengths fit in like knowing that is just like it's a nugget yeah right like so you know I remember like going for job interviews and being like okay how much of this job is creating versus maintenance right and like that question alone just gave me so much freedom yes so let's say a person is unhappy in their company Mm -hmm. so they're going through the steps of figuring out kind of who they are and what they want Mm -hmm. how do you counsel them to be able to either get what they, like how to know whether they can get what they want from the company that they're with Mm -hmm. and how to approach that versus, okay, I have to go find a new company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because how do you, how do you, how do you normally talk to that? Mm -hmm. So a couple of thoughts I can share there. So I think the, the first thing just to to reiterate, as we've said, it, it all starts with you. And to use your example, which I think is brilliant, that that you learn that you're a builder and when it gets to maintenance mode, it's just not as fun or not as interesting to you anymore. I think the first piece of advice that I would share is believe that, (laughs) believe it. It's Mm. true. That's who you are. Don't start looking for all these other things. Oh, maybe that's not really it. Maybe it's this instead and this instead and this instead. But believe it because that's the truth of, of who you are. So I would start there. The second thing I would say is if you're thinking about your current organization, and actually before I say that, I'll just say that the way to kind of move yourself through this process is to be a bit of an observer. And this can be maybe a bit challenging, but because we're in the workplace and we're with all the people, we're part of it, it can be hard to see what the options are, what makes sense or what feels right. And so you've got to kind of take a little bit of a step back, be an observer, and just pay attention <laughs> to how things work in the company. In your example, Jennifer, of being a builder, is the company that you're in right now, what projects do they have on the go? Is your team or your department have an impact on those projects? You know, those are the types of questions that, mm-hmm. or how, how do people respond if you're in a meeting and someone throws out an idea that has never been tested or tried or done before, how do people respond, right? Pay attention to right. those types of things because that's a signal for culture. That's a signal for the culture. And if you feel as, as well, like pay attention to how you feel. If you feel as though there isn't space and there isn't room for that, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. Like I said at the beginning, there just might be a, a, a mismatch and nobody's right or, or wrong. That's the way that the company operates. That, that's what they do. It just might mean that you need to go find somewhere else that, um, that is a better match for, for how you want to work and how you best show up. So it really is about paying attention. And, and if it turns out that moving to another company is the right decision, then I would take a very similar approach You know, during the interview process is know that you can ask questions, all right? You're there to make a decision about them as much as they're there to make a decision about you. See yourself as an equal player during that interview process and ask questions. Like I'll give one of my favorite questions to to ask, which is to ask them to tell you about the 
the recognition programs. One of the recognition programs or awards that they're, is their most prestigious or they're most proud of, and for them to talk to you about that and hear what they say. Again, listen, mm. <laughs> be an observer. Right. Be what are they rewarding? Exactly. Exactly. Because that <clears throat> speaks to culture. Right. Right. That speaks to culture. And if, again, if something feels a little bit like, hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> again, pay attention to those signs. But those are, those are the, the pieces of advice I would give. And, and maybe one other thought that I will share is I think sometimes we expect the aha moment or the awareness to be, you know, the, the heavens open up and the <laughs> angels start blowing their trumpets and there's unicorns everywhere and there's rainbows everywhere. And, and it's not like that. It doesn't show up like that. It, it's more of a curiosity. It's like, hmm, I wonder what that would be like. Or, you know, that sounds fun. <laughs> or I'd love to be involved with that. Like it's, it's more right. subtle. And it's that even if it feels scary, it's their combination of the fear plus curiosity or fear plus um, excitement. That's a sign to right. move forward. Yes, that's like, that's fantastic life advice. Yeah, um, right? yeah, yeah, like pay attention, like become aware, like that's the first step in everything. Yeah. So let's say there's the scenario of the person who feels like they want to drastically shift career. So I've been an accountant all my life. I did it because my father was an accountant and that was what is expected of me. But really, I want to become uh, an artist or something like that. Like, how do you counsel somebody who really just feels like their profession is a mismatch and they need to get realigned with who they are? So into a creative type situation or whatever that might be. Like, where do they start with, with that? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a lot of what comes up with my clients too, is okay. that I'm just like, I'm just in the wrong job. I fell into it when I was 21 mm-hmm. and <laughs> here I am, I'm now 50 and I'm like, this is right. just not who I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think that's such an important question as well. And, and I think, you know, a good place to start is, is just to test and try, you know, kind of play with it a little bit on your weekends or whatever the case may be and, and to, to play with it. And again, pay attention to how you feel when you're painting or whatever your, your thing is. And I think as well, like I would advise to do a bit of a self check um, if that's how someone is feeling, because like I said earlier, I think we tend to put so much weight and so much emphasis on our careers and our work life, and it has to fulfill every single you know, right. part of our lives, Good point. which isn't fair, I don't think, for, you know, for the, the job or the company. It's too one-dimensional. So if you are putting, like, it has to make me happy, it has to make me money, it has to do this, 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 this. Sometimes that happens and that's great. But if you're truly not feeling that way and you feel like, you know, this is not it at all, ask yourself if you are expecting your career to give you everything, mm. fulfill you in all areas of your life. And I think a lot of times we do do that, especially high performers, you know, we put our emphasis there because we get rewarded for that as well. So we put more and more and more and more. But sometimes we need to take a bit of a step back, let the work or the job be the job and build out the other areas of our life as well. If, if 
you're missing that creative side of yourself, go take a class on the weekends. And mm. that helps to balance out the, the lack that you're feeling on the work side because you're getting it fulfilled in other ways. So right. those are a couple of thoughts. Yeah, that's really interesting too, because we do like, and I've talked a lot about this, even with my clients is like, mm-hmm. so there's this sense of at this time of life in midlife, like needing to find your purpose. Right. And, you know, I've said many times, many people, your purpose doesn't necessarily have to be your job. Right. Right. So think about it broader than that. Like your purpose could be any one of a number of things. It could be a recreational activity, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching kids soccer on the weekends or Mm -hmm. whatever that might be. Yeah. But we tend to kind of go, oh, I need to be getting paid for my purpose. Mm -hmm. And in some cases that's true. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I did Mm -hmm. a huge switch, right? That definitely feels more aligned with who I am. Yes. But it didn't, start out that way. Like I spent a lot of times writing (laughs) while I was still working. Right. Right. To kind of like, okay, you know, and then it evolved. Right. But Mm -hmm. yeah, again, it's this black and white, all or nothing approach that we tend to take to our careers. I think that somehow gives us that feeling of dissatisfaction. Completely. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. And so if somebody is like, and I know this might be a hard question to answer is like, when do you know, Like, when do you know without a doubt that you need to just be leaving your job (laughs) as opposed to trying to like, you know, get what you need from your company or whatever? Like, what are the signs where you're like, okay, you just have to get out, like Mm -hmm. go find something else? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing that pops into my mind is that you you may never know with complete certainty that's the decision to make. Mm, okay. um, yeah. When an underlying complete certainty, I think we, we look for that and we want it and we wait for it. That's the heavens open up and the angels singing and all of that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> just, okay. Yeah. You, you may never have that. Yeah. But I think again, it, it, it sounds super basic, but I think too often we just don't practice it of just pay attention to how you feel. You know, if you're in an environment that consistently, not for maybe a period of time is that we all go through peaks and valleys, but if there's a consistent stretch of time where you just feel, I use the, the analogy of being contracted versus being expanded, where you just consistently yes. feel small or, you know, small, I think is the word versus when you think about, man, you know, I would love to go work for X company or be in that industry or well, I met that person at, you know, dinner the other night and I would love to work with them, whatever, whatever it is. And that feels, again, that curiosity, that excitement, that expanded feeling, you know, you feel elevated and you want more of that. To me, that's the delineation is, does this make me feel expanded or does this make me feel small? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, and so we talk about this so often on this podcast and all roads Mm -hmm. seem to lead to this thing, which Mm -hmm. is pay attention to what's happening in your body. Yeah. Right. Like, how are you feeling? And like so many of us, and I know Mm -hmm. that was true for me for a long time, are so disconnected. Like I'm so in my head, so buried in my to-do list that I haven't Mm -hmm. even given myself a second to figure out what feels expanded or contracted within my body. But it's like all roads lead back to your body knows, (laughs) like your body knows a lot about what's right for you. And it's telling you all the time if we're only paying attention. So what about the scenario where your dissatisfier in your career is your pay? Do you ever counsel women on how to negotiate their worth? And how, like, and what does that look like? How do you, teach somebody mm-hmm. to see themselves as worth more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think for that one, it, it, it really goes back to 
little exercise that I mentioned earlier about accomplishments, you know, what impact mm. have you made? And again, thinking about it at a very, very basic level, your salary, your pay, your compensation is a reflection of perception of the value that you bring, right? The CEO of a company makes X amount of dollars more than a receptionist, for example, mm-hmm. which are both necessary and important jobs, but there's a perception and a real, I think, probably impact on the company for one versus the other. And so, so I would counsel someone, first of all, before you go in and just start asking for money, you've got to be <laughs> clear on, on why would they give that to you. And it's not just accomplishments, but it's the relevance of those accomplishments too. You know, like you've got to be able to demonstrate, okay, knowing that the company is working on, I don't know, becoming, increasing market share by 25%, whatever. Within your role, how have you been able to impact that bigger goal? And being able to to believe it for one, being able to see the connection between your work and what's important, what's relevant for the company. um, I think that's important as well. And then you got to own that. I think because sometimes we're so hesitant and shy to say that, you know, hey, I, I did this thing and here's the result that it created. And I think without having that kind of story, it's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be yeah. hard to, to request more money. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard. And I think the, the best time to negotiate your salary is when you're you know, at that offer letter stage and, and they want you you want them, that is the best, you're in the best position to have that negotiation. So do not be shy to ask for what you need or what you want. Be clear on what your number is um, or your range. I usually suggest a range. Be clear on what your range is and ask. (laughs) The worst they can say is no. They can say no and that's within their right. That's fine. But It'll be a no if you don't ask. So (laughs) that's true. We're always so hesitant to ask, aren't we? Or to like, or to even, you know, share our accomplishments, like the the value that we bring Mm -hmm. and like to, to share those things. And I love the example you gave earlier on where you talk about like once a month, writing your list of achievements Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or accomplishments, like, because, you know, you think back and like you said, you just kind of gloss over everything. But if you actually are keeping a list of your accomplishments, at least it's something you can refer back to and go, oh my God, I totally forgot I did X, Y, and Z. Yes. Right. And then mm-hmm. using that as a tool to, you know, to fuel that conversation. I mm-hmm. think that's a fabulous idea. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm going to adopt the monthly thing because you should. It's so I try good. and do it at the end of every year. And I know okay. I probably miss Hard. half. Yeah. <laughs> so like a lot of stuff happens in a year. Yep. Right. Yep. So I'm going to try and do that monthly. Yeah. That's a great Yeah. Tip. I think that's it's a great idea. Tip. I actually have a, um, a folder in my inbox I call gold stars. And anytime I get something, you know, that was cool that happened or a client said that I'm amazing. <laughs> I put it in there. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, sometimes if you're having a down day or whatever the case may be, mm. you can always go back there say, oh yeah, I am amazing. I forgot. <laughs> you know, I remember all is well with the world. <laughs> yeah. You can never applaud yourself too much as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like we all need those reinforcements. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Not at all. (laughs) Um, So is there anything that you see a lot in your work that we haven't kind of talked about today that you think might be relevant for, you know, people thinking about women thinking about transitioning careers or, or finding more satisfaction in their current career? Yeah, I I think what I would say is I would just um, like reinforce the, the point that we talked about earlier is that you know, your career should evolve. It should not, in my, again, my opinion, should not stay stagnant Mm -hmm. for decades. 
And I think it's really important for your own professional growth, your own, you know, financial growth as well for you to make moves, you know, don't be scared to make, to make those career moves. And I think sometimes we also hold ourselves back from taking that step because we're afraid that we're going to make the wrong decision. We're going to lose it all and, you know, everything's going to fall apart. And I would just offer again a different perspective that if you make a choice to go take this other job and it turns out not to be the right fit, okay, you just make another choice and you go do something else, right? It's not the end of the world. It's not in my opinion, not that serious. It's not that deep. Like we are smart, we're capable, we, we will figure it out. You can do things that are hard and go for it. You know, believe in yourself and go for it. Make those career moves and always have a bit of a vision for where you want your, to take things for yourself mm-hmm. and make sure that this move will help round out whatever skills or experience that you're making. Like it's all to serve a bigger purpose. Yeah. And that purpose has to be all about you at the end of the day. Right. So serve yourself and go do it. <laughs> yeah, that's those are actually really, really great tips. So having the vision, because you can't go yeah. where you don't know where you're going, right? Mm-hmm. Like which yep. and then like we're always so afraid of the unknown. No matter how uncomfortable our known is, for some yes. reason as humans, we naturally assume that the unknown is going to be worse than where <laughs> worse. we are. Yeah. Right? And like, you know, it could be the same or better. Like there's yeah. equal opportunity for it to be yeah. the same or better. And so, um, I also don't believe in mistakes. Like yeah. every opportunity, every change is an opportunity to learn something more about yourself, mm-hmm. about what you want and what you don't want. Yeah. And if we could get over that being afraid to make a mistake, part of us, mm-hmm. and we all have it, like we're, yeah, yeah. we kind of grow up that way in our culture, right? Yeah, for sure. Where you would become very risk averse, but it's, um, it's great advice related to, to your career. Yeah. So if my listeners want to know more about you or to work with you or to, you know, and I think you, you publish a blog as well too, with career mm-hmm. advice and things like that, where yeah. can they find more of you? Yeah, so the best place to find me on the socials um, is on Facebook and LinkedIn. And I'm just look for my name, Cindy Harvey, or at Cindy Harvey Online is uh, my handle. So feel free to connect with me there. And if it's okay with you, I'd love to share my guide. If there, anyone wants to grab a copy of that, they're welcome to do so. Just go to cindyharveyonline.com forward slash playbook. And it is 10 lessons that I've learned in my career and sharing those with you so that you don't make the same mistakes that I made. Oh, excellent. And and you can download that for free and check that out. Excellent. Awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. Um, Thank you so much for uh, taking this time with me. And yeah, to my listeners, go check out cindyharvey.com. Is that right? Did I say that right? Cindyharveyonline.com. Cindyharveyonline.com. Download the free resource and um, yeah, find yourself some more Cindy. (laughs) Thanks, Jennifer. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.